Well, we want to welcome you today to the Awakening Moments podcast. I'm Lori and Rhonda is here with me, your host, and we're so excited to have this conversation with you today. This year, we're doing a little bit of a focus, maybe not every single podcast, but some of our, our podcasts on just creating these mentoring moments. We want to be a little bit more intentional about the conversations that we're having so that as we are walking and doing life with you, that we're growing together, that we're intentionally leaning into some things where we can grow together. And so today we're going to continue in our mentoring moments as we dig into what Jesus said was the most important commandment. And I think this is a great starting place. You know, we've read the scripture found in Matthew, but today we're going to read it from the book of Mark. And it's found in Mark 12, verses 29 to 31. And it says, Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And Dallas Willard has this powerful, powerful quote. And he says, our mind is where thoughts and feelings originate. We get to choose what we think about, which in turn affects our emotions. We live at the mercy of our ideas. And this is never more true that with our ideas about God. That is a powerful quote. I mean, I love that scripture and that quote really is speaking to my heart in this season as we've been, as we're going to unpack a little bit of the mind and the thoughts and the power of the mind, because from the mind, often our words, spoken words come from the mind does generate the feeling. And I love that it says you're at the mercy of your ideas. There really is this intentional vulnerability, really exactly this vulnerability that we're at the mercy of that is happening whether we under know it or not or it's consci- happening conscientious of it or not right exactly what we believe what we think yeah. yes and i really there's a word that keeps going on in my mind as i've just been praying that in this season well in all seasons but choosing a narrative and you know i don't think there is any question that so many of us are very frustrated many of us have gone through losses at all different levels are unpacking what that looks like emotionally. And I'm not dismissing the actual turmoil that people have been going through in this season, these past couple of years, whether it's loss of jobs, loss of loved ones, just even the stresses on family, marriages, finances, you name it. But even just on the other side, the superficial, this is a frustration of just our season, our leadership, our country, all of this, there is frustration that boils. But at the end of the day, we have to choose a narrative. And that narrative is scripting out how we're living our life, how we're moving forward in our faith, how we are choosing and what our intentional decisions are. There is a narrative that is happening that at the end of the day, it's not a multiple choice selection. It's one or the other. We're either choosing to believe the narrative that even in the midst of all this uncertainty, God is sovereign and our trust is to be into him. Or we're choosing the narrative that our world is dictating exactly how we should feel, act, and what we believe. Those are the two narratives, the world's narrative and God's narrative. And so no matter all the emotions, no matter the circumstances, there is a narrative we have to choose and that actually begins in the mind of how we're seeing things, how we're choosing at the end of the day to respond and react to, and that is part of the thought process. And so I really believe, I really feel my own heart of conviction that God is working on the narrative 
on how I'm looking at life. Now, I don't want to live superficial. I don't want to live in this place that's not authentic or vulnerable. I'm not talking about that. And that's, I think, what we have. Like faking it. Exactly. It's not like you, you want to live in a space where you're trying to fake it. Yeah. Like just say, oh, we'll just or say this. something doesn't exist. Exactly. Put your head in the cloud. But even super like spiritualize everything and not really be honest of like, I feel this way, but God, even though I feel this way, God is sovereign. There is an intentional movement that we have to choose in a narrative that God is sovereign. And so I think this is what we're talking about today is the power of the mind and how do we tap into the intentional thoughts and how do we redirect those thoughts? Yeah. And those are really, really good questions. Something that's difficult, very, very difficult to do because I do think, you know, even as you're, ta- you're talking about the narrative, you know, what ha- what begins to happen is it's like the place that our mind um, wants to like set up a camp really yeah. and begin to yeah. dwell. Yeah. They, it wants to begin to dwell in certain thoughts, in certain ideas, in certain beliefs. And, you know, the, all of the thoughts that come into our brain or all of the beliefs that come into our brain, they do want to find almost like a dwelling place. They want to find how do, how do, how do I fit into this way of life and thinking and believing. And so when you, when you start to break down some of the deep inner beliefs that you have, like what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world, what you believe about the circumstances that you find yourself in, what you believe about what's happening Mm. in the world. As you start to really break that down, you can probably make connections to a much deeper core identity that is actually feeding some of those belief spaces. And I think, you know, a lot of times what begins to happen with our minds is that we can get so caught up in what's going on outside of us or circumstantially that it actually just distracts us from actually dealing with the real true roots of why we believe that in the first place. Like we can get, you know, I mean, man, we're living in outrage culture, we're living in, and you can find people to (laughs) affirm what you see and what you believe anywhere. I mean, the very nature of social media, the very nature of, you know, all the different types of Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all these things are literally set up with brilliant algorithms designed to feed you exactly the types of thoughts that that will confirm what you believe, to make you believe that your way of thinking and your way of believing everyone thinks that everyone to make you think that you're a part of like the larger Mm. it's it's literally designed to do that because it wants you to keep coming back to it i mean that's how they profit that's how they make money you are literally their marketing tool and so like when you when you start to see that and understand that and then realize oh my goodness everything that is feeding into this narrative as you're calling it a narrative really there's something so much deeper i and a space i think that so much deeper that god wants to invite us into about understanding where that comes from and why that's there and i think we can get so caught up in the external that literally and it is a ploy of the enemy it is a distraction of the enemy to prevent us from actually experiencing the true freedom and the true intimacy that i think god wants to invite us into as we begin to uncover okay where does this belief system actually Mm. come from? 
Where is this rooting from? What are the roots of this? Roots of fear, roots of pride, roots of rebellion, roots of, you know, like what is it inside of me that is actually like, so we go back to belief again, right? And that's, that's uh, um, dealing with our identity. Like that's targeting aspects of our identity that are so ingrained and so enrooted in us. And so honestly, like this is a deep, like this is a deep space. This is a deep well within us, what we think, what we believe. And I think the hardest thing is, is if you believe that the way that you're thinking right now is sort of working for you, like you like it, but it's actually not producing the fullness of the fruitfulness of what God has created you for and planned for you. That's a challenging place to even confront because we can kind of like it. Do you know what I mean? We can kind of be gratified in some of these spaces. Now for others, I think it's easy because we can recognize there's certain ways of thinking that they just don't work for us. Like they're just rooted in like insecurities and they're rooted in negativities and, you know, negative self-talk and being really hard on ourselves. And we just know like, this is not working for me. Those are a little bit easier to at least acknowledge, not always easy to change, but at least acknowledge. But it's sometimes those spaces where we're like, oh, I kind of like this about myself. I kind of like this like fiery part of myself. I kind of like this aggressive. I kind of like this feel really empowered and and you're like oh but you know is there a space that God has for you that is actually so much more fruitful and so much more intimate and deep and beautiful oh sometimes those are hard to actually even own and acknowledge Mm. Laura that's so powerful because even as we're talking about everything external it really once again goes back to the like the inner like the roots the things that God wants to deal with. I love how you talked about, no matter what it is, it could be a distraction. And sometimes in seasons like this, it really is a gift of God because things get so stripped back. It shows the rawness where in certain seasons you can cover up so much where now it's getting a bit more exposed. What we think, what we believe, what we're trying to fill that space with, these are seasons where actually we can experience an intimacy with God that can completely pivot us into a whole different direction in our relationship with God and our way of thinking, our our soul space, our heart space. But we can also move in the opposite direction too. These are critical crossroads. This wilderness season we find ourselves in, it really is a wilderness season because I don't think we're looking at what used to be and we know it's not that and we probably won't go back to what it's always been. I think we're trying to reconcile that too, what that looks like, like what what is a new normal? I don't even like that word, but what does that even look like on the other side? We don't even know there's so much uncertainty. This landscape we haven't been on, But I think in it, God is showing us like either you depend on yourself or you depend on me. Who is the God of your life? And our thoughts deal with the root that shows us where we are ruling and reigning in our own hearts and where we've surrendered to God. And the thing is, when we go to those root spaces, and I'm speaking to myself here personally, I don't like it. I'd rather be distracted. It's way, it's actually way easier to live in a distraction. And I think we've talked about the Father's table. It's way easier to dine and dash. It's way easier to get what I need, fill my plate, and go on and do my life because I get a little bit of everything. I get God, but God in a 
the superficial conversation. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like it's great. It's fun. You're exactly. full. You know, yeah. you get your belly full. Yeah. But that link, there's something about the like lingering. Rhonda, that word, like there is, there's something so powerful in that word because there is, there's something God has for us as we linger beyond the initial blah of our own you know what i mean exactly. like the vomit of our own mind of like here blah 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 blah, blah this is all the stuff that no 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 right and the complaining and the this and the that and the outrage and the frustrations and all and that's the first that's just at the top what like god is trying to mine for what is underneath that space but like how often do we actually sit and let get to the other side of all of that you know and i mean i'm a master too like i'm a master distractor like my my kind of (laughs) inner world because i really do believe the mind is connected to the emotions and so like how mine works is that as soon as it starts to get close to the kind of the deeper spaces do you know what instantly my mind wants to do plan something it wants to plan something, plan something fun and exciting, oh, <laughs> something that takes my mind off yeah, it, something yeah. that distracts me. Yeah. Like that's what happens. It's like I'll start to get close to the unearthing of a root or a space in my heart. And all of a sudden I want to plan a trip. I want to plan a renovation in my house. I want to plan a, you know, a new initiative. I want to plan a, a like, and literally like some of my most brilliant ideas <laughs> will begin to come and it can take me for weeks or months into this distracted space in my mind. But it is like, it is an avoidance mm. of wanting to like sit in the discomfort of dealing with, you know, some of that stuff that wants to come up. And the other really interesting thing, and you and I probably are a little bit similar in this because like we often reframe everything to the positive. So even when negative emotions (laughs) want to come up or, you know, sadness or fear or even depression or discouragement or, you know, or, or even hurt, like as hurt happens in relationship, families, like different things that are coming. We want to pivot out of that so quickly and kind of just reframe that into something positive. Oh yeah, God's using that situation to, you know, and we, we, we so quickly and easily, but even that sometimes can be a, an avoidance of the really deep rooted um, intimacy that God is drawing, right? And and it's so easy to even fool yourself in that place, especially if you get good at making it positive. Because it's like, you can't just say, you can't just address it directly because on the surface it seems good and it seems right. But if that is just another form of distraction from the intimacy and the depth that God wants to pull out of us, then it actually is not serving you in the long run it actually is not actually leaning into the invitation to linger at the table right and so man like this this does touch deep and it's so individual and unique for some you know it's negative thinking and it is not working for you but for others it's a constant reframing that is causing you to avoid the depths that you need to go to and what you need to deal with and what you need. And I'm speaking to myself (laughs) right there because that is, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so great. 
no, no, I'm not that great. No, this is a hard season. No, I'm exhausted. No, I'm frustrated. No, I, right. But no, no, I can, I can turn that and I can reframe that into being so good all the time, but that is not going to serve me. That is not the lingering at the table that God Mm -hmm. is inviting us to in this space. And, you know, for my word too, this year, like it literally was, you've gone around this mountain long enough and I feel it. I feel it in so many spaces. Like God is saying, no, stop doing that. You've been going, you've been doing it that way long enough. It's time to turn. It's Mm -hmm. time to turn northward. It's time to fix on me. I have something Mm -hmm. so much deeper for you, so much greater for you. Stop doing that. (laughs) You know, whereas like, again, I can convince you how positive this is, how resilient this makes me. And listen, I'm not saying that it's all bad. It It's okay and can be, but if I'm using it to avoid the intimacy of God, that is not okay. And it is not. So I want to own that part of it. You know what I mean? Everything in our lives has a shadow. Even all the good things in our life have a shadow. And mm. so just to be able to recognize, and I can see the Lord's bringing all of this up. So I think that's a that's a huge connection for me. It really is. I, I, I really love how you just unpack that because I think that's where God is going in this season of being still and knowing. And when you want to be known, it's not just the good. It's not just what you project for people. It's that deeper level. And I think that's exactly that. Not the tension. That's not what I, I feel like, but that that ability to say, this is where I'm going with God. And am I arrived? Am I still working through it? Yeah, it's really hard. It's, I'm in a hard season right now. But the thing is, it's like, don't suppress it. Also, don't live in the negative, oh, this is so tough. And we also can't live in that space either where it takes us down emotionally. That authenticity can also lead us down this feeling journey that is really destructive too, where you never see victory or you you don't recognize gra- the power of gratitude, the power of what God is. Like there's all of those things working that we have to allow the Holy Spirit because you know, at the end of the day, we don't know. We don't know. There's so many times I sit in front of God and I'm like, I don't even know how to know you. Like, I don't even sometimes know how to hear your voice. Like, I think I do, but show me today. Like, show me I am blind. I am lost. I am sinful. I need you to break the barriers. Even my religious mind, break off the barriers because even religion can have a stronghold on your mind that this is how I do it. This is how I reach God. This is, and God's like, no, like God is, he wants to break all those barriers of our mind, all those limitations. But we have to have that humility to say like, I don't even know. I don't even know. By your light, we see. I, I can't, I am, a, I am a, in the dark without you leading the way. So today, this has been my prayer, re- like recently, this past year is like, Holy Spirit, reacquaint me with yourself today. Show me things that, I maybe have set up as limitations of what this is, who you are. Show me, break down all those barriers, reveal yourself to me, father, reveal yourself to me. And I think that's the place in that lingering that we have to go and lay everything out and say, show yourself to me, reveal in me, search me and know me, search me and know me, bring to light those areas in my heart. Cause I don't even know. I could think this is the barrier. I could think that's the root and it not even be, it's way more or it's different. And all that's connected. It really goes back to like, God, we desperately need you. 
on my knees, on my face, show me. There's a great book I'm, I've been reading and some of you listen to the podcast probably have read it and there's some devotionals on it, but it's called Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle. And it's a beautiful prayer of exactly this. Like God, search me and know me. See if there's any anxious ways within me and lead me in the way of everlasting. It really is breaking down that prayer. And I think we are really here like sitting at the know me, like know me, God, know my thoughts, know all of these things about me because as I empty this out, as you do that, you can fill me with you and I want to be still because our thoughts are, all of our distractions can fill so much of our mind space, so much of our heart and soul space, but God says be still and it's hard to be still. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you sit to be still, your mind just goes in a bazillion different places. You don't want to be still. Sometimes I don't know, I often don't know how to be still or I fall asleep. Like it's one or the other. I'm sleeping or I'm, my mind is full. It's like, God, help me to be still in your presence. Help me to just be quiet because you're going to speak in the quiet. You're going to speak in those intimate places where I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to rest and be patient, but you got to help me. You've really got to help me. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. And I get that. (laughs) The stillness piece can be really hard. And it isn't just about sitting on the couch or wherever you, you know, your place is or lying down on your bed or lying down on the floor. Like it really is about trying to invite the Holy Spirit in to still your spirit, to still your soul space, right? To still all the, the raging thoughts and the constant movement of the mind on you know, to do's and different identities and different things that are feeding, you know, that we're feeding on. So yeah, no, that's a, that's such a beautiful space. As you were talking about being known by God, you know, I just had this thought like, like what if, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, our hearts are desperately deceitful. Like who can know it? Like we, it's even hard for us to know ourselves. Mm. It's even hard for us to even really actually authentically and honestly own the fullness of, you know, every part of us because we're filled with defense mechanisms. We're filled with, you know, justifications. Like it's very hard for us to authentically and honestly just own the fullness of who we are. But what if we can allow God into that space and if he can know us and if we can trust him, mm-hmm. then maybe that's enough. Like if, if we can be fully known by God and we can trust him that he knows us, then we can trust his full leading in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if the quest has to be you know, getting to the place where we completely know everything or if we even can about ourselves, understanding everything, you know, um, self-awareness, um, all of those things I think are really, really important. But I think sometimes the journey of self-awareness is really actually just for a lot of people, it's just a journey of self-justification. It's not really a true self-awareness of, you know, who was I created to be and am I living who I was created to be authentically. I think it's more like I know myself and I'm justifying why I am this way, you know? And that all again goes into like our mindsets and our beliefs because we're trying to we're trying to get to the the place where we feel okay with ourselves. But what if that's not the mm, goal? What if so the good. goal is actually to be known by God, to be truly, truly, truly known by God, to let him into every space, to let him into every, both the good, the bad, and the ugly, to let him into, you know, the deepest and the darkest parts of ourselves, and then to trust his leading. Mm. Like, I, I wonder if in that place, we'll know ourselves better than in any other pursuit mm. of self-awareness. Like, I I believe in self-awareness, trust me, but 
again, I just know and I've seen, it seems like the more that a lot of people get to their authentic self, it really is just like, this is who I am and like, take it or leave it. it. As opposed to like, how do I become more and more and more the person that God has designed Mm -hmm. and created me to be. And that's just a different journey altogether. So, but that's a lot harder because it's way easier to be like, this is just who I am and I rather like it. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. then you can leave. (laughs) Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. the other space is like, no, like I want to die to, you know, anything that is not of you, Lord, anything that's not going to produce fruit in my life and allow your spirit empowerment to be the fullness of what you have designed and created me to be ultimate submission, ultimate surrender, like much harder, but more fruitful and more life and more joy in that space. So yeah, that was being known. I think there's something in that really, really powerful. Well, doesn't it just bring us right back to surrender? It brings us right back to getting off the throne of our lives and saying, you are God, you rule and reign in all these areas help me and and god is so merciful if he showed us everything at one time we could even take it we would die (laughs) we'd just be ash we couldn't take it but god because he loves us so much his mercy reveals one thing at a time so there's no barrier that's the thing it's not to bring condemnation it's to remove the barrier from knowing him He's like, bring that to me so I can remove it so you can know me and have a revelation because that's a stop guard. It's a stopping. You know, I was reading in in, uh, Genesis the other day and I was just reading about when um, Adam and Eve had taken of the apple and they were hiding. And God comes in the cool of the day and he's looking for them and he's asking where they, of course God knew where they were. But I wonder, I just had this random thought. I wonder how the narrative would have changed if after they had eaten of the apple, they ran and found God and asked for him to come and help them. I wonder like repentance, confession and desperation for him to help. Not excuses, not blame, blaming each other, hiding, not hiding. Yeah. I wonder what it would have looked like. Wow. Because we hide. That's exactly what we do. We hide, whether it's superficial hiding, whether it's our sin, what you name it, we hide. We are actually right from the beginning. Yeah, we, we hide. try to justify we it. To we just hide. Yeah, yeah. defenses. Yeah. Yep. Instead of coming right to God and saying, "I help, help." I just had this random thought. I just thought, I wonder what the story would have been had, as soon as they made this mistake, they came running to God and said, "We need you." But no, they they tried to fix it on their own. They were hiding. Who knows what they were talking about, thinking of doing? But God came looking for them. Even that, in God's mercy, He came looking for them. But they never went to him. And I was like, wow, like that. Wow, we're still the same. How we give Adam and Eve the hardest time. I'm the exact same. We have not strayed too far. We are the same. And uh, I just was thinking about that's exactly God. He wants us to come and not hide. Right from the beginning, they're hiding. And God is trying to dwell with them. And in Revelation, we see God remove everything whatsoever. So he can fully, we fully abide with us in the way. But you know what's even more beautiful, what's even incredible right now, as we talked about the kingdom now principle, is that in the Old Testament, when you think about the time when a priest would go into the Holy of Holies, it was once a year. It was a major ordeal. They were chosen one priest to go in and it had to be done exactly in this structure because of the holiness of God and God would come and atone all the sins. God has now since given us a Holy Spirit 
that we can come boldly into the very throne of grace. Otherwise, we would be destroyed. We couldn't even have this intimacy with God. So right now, the heart of God in sending the Holy Spirit to say, you don't have to wait till the end of the story to have intimacy with me. There is a now, there's a kingdom now. Don't hide like the beginning of Genesis and have to live in this fear of all of the Old Testament of that God is going to strike me if I come or if I show or I'm just going to stay far enough that I can see God but not get too close. God's like, I've given you the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as a guarantee what is to come of the fullness of my dwelling. It's in you now. The Trinity is in the third per- is in us. The third person of the Trinity. Jesus came, Holy Spirit. Like we have been given the access to intimacy with God that those in the Old Testament only could dream about and have a foretaste of. So today this encouragement is for you to say the intimacy with God is not about hiding. It's about running to him, being known by him. And he has given us full access to be known because the Holy Spirit dwells. And all of that was just sitting in my spirit the other day as I was thinking, God, search me and know me. You've given me everything I need to linger at this table. Everything I need. May I not short circuit the work you want to do it today in this season. It's so profound. That's, oh, and part of the, you know, the only thing that came to mind as you were sharing that story is like the curse of the knowledge of good and evil in that moment. And I wonder if that's what made them not come in a place of repentance and humility before the Lord is like, just again, that sense that I know better, like, because now we've eaten of the fruit and now we have the knowledge of good and evil. There's this sense of like, I know better. Huh. Right. So I'm going to stay in my hiding. Like wow. that's the more comfortable place. Yeah. And that I think is what prevents us from doing it. It's what yes. prevents us from taking our sin and hiding it, burying it down deep, 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 deep in the deepest places, hoping nobody can see it, hoping nobody will not bring it out into the light. It's a space of no, like I know better. No, I can manage this. I've got this. Like We're this is okay. It. Or I like, I'm choosing this. I want this. I want this as part of my life. This works for me. This gratifies me. This, right? Like it's a very intentional, whether we realize it or not, like claim on, I know better and I'm going to do it my way. So I think that is so deep rooted in us right from the very beginning. And it is, it truly, truly is a curse. Mm. Um, there's a, a doctor, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. I don't know if you have read any of her books or listened to any of her talks, but She's a um, a doctor that has done a lot of study on the brain, both from like a scientific place of just understanding how the brain works, but also like in a very practical way of living out some um, of the practical like nature of how do we overcome negative thinking? How do we actually change the physiology of our brain and how our brain is wired in order to... Uh, in order to live a more fruitful, positive, healthy, whole living and life. And she's done some pretty interesting research. Um, Obviously, like I haven't read all of it. I've watched, uh, she's got tons of books. You can look it up. And if you wanted to read and understand a little bit more about it, but she also has lots of talks on YouTube and, and, and teaches a lot on this. And, um, you know, I want to read a couple of her quotes and just get your thoughts on it. Just get mm-hmm. some of your your feedback. So I'll just read a couple of them. Um, I just pulled a few uh, of the quotes that she says. Uh, things like this. You cannot sit back and wait to be happy and healthy and have a great thought life. You have to make the choice to make this happen. Mm. If you realized how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought. 
We are directly responsible for what we choose to think about and dwell on. We make these decisions in the privacy of our own thinking. What your mind creates, only your mind can take away. And there's just one more. Reaction is the key word here. You cannot control the events or circumstances of your life, but you can control your reactions. What are your thoughts on some wow. of those well, I think, some of those quotes? Well, those are profound quotes. And I think we'll go right back to the beginning of our podcast. It's choosing a narrative. It's really saying, I'm going to choose a narrative because my thoughts, like we have that control in that way. Now, God helps us. Like we've talked a lot of this podcast about that surrender to God. And we move from that place of humility and dependency on God. These are the practical steps because it is very practical. Faith and works. Like this is the work part. We activate the faith. This is the work part to be like, it is an intentional narrative that we choose because it will script out the rest of your life. It will script it. And so that narrative, I think, is critical. And what I, even as you were saying that, even with sin, we can do this, but we can say, oh, that's not too bad of a thought. We can almost justify, Allow. yeah, what's a bad thought? What's not a bad thought? What's an okay thought? No, like if it's not good, it's not good. Like it's not good for you. It's no middle ground here. Good, bad. It's meant to destroy you. And it starts, usually it starts little like that because they're subtle drags you in and then it gets it compounds so that's even as you were saying that was that that's exactly the ploy of the enemy is to put these make us believe something little by little and we justify we actually believe it to be true and then we begin to actually live out what we're thinking it's it's really really true i mean the scriptures even say right the power of life and death is in the tongue so we do have to be careful about how we speak and what we speak and and i don't think it's like i don't think it's like to the place of you know because one of the things i do want to push back on a little bit and i and i think we see this even in faith in christianity um is sort of a like name it and claim it sort of a, right, a belief right. of like I'm going to overcome my reality by speaking, you know, the opposite of my reality. Well, I don't I don't personally like I don't necessarily think that's absolutely true. In fact, I think God wants to meet us in the authentic. Like I think yes, God yes. is not afraid of your sadness. He's not afraid of your darkness. He's not afraid of your, you know, your your depression he's not afraid of your insecurities like I, I think that there's a beautiful invitation into the depths of your brokenness mm. that God wants to come and make new like this is like so I think to just live in a realm where all we ever confess is the good and the positive I don't actually think that's the authentic way of living this out I think we have to find a way of um not allowing things that come from the enemy, the world or our flesh, to take up residence inside of us. Mm. Like not to part, we've used the words partner with them, not to uh, take ownership of those things as being a part of our identity, mm. but really allowing God to go into those dark and broken spaces and make us new. Call us, believe who he says we are and call us out of those places. But that can be a journey. And I, I would way rather you and me be authentic in, on the way in that journey than be like, nope, everything's awesome. I'm not going to confess that I, you know, no, like let's, let's, 
figure out how mm-hmm. to not take up residence, not literally camp in that space, you know, for life. And this is just my, my life and future, but actually to own that. No, no, I've seen this in my mom. I've seen this in her mom. And you know what? I, I want to get to the root of this. I, I don't want to live in this space. I want to be able to live the fullness of what God has for me and be made new. But oh, but seeing that and acknowledging that, I don't, I think that's important. I think you have to be able to do that and not just, and yeah, like, and not just sit in that space. Um, Pete Scazzaro uh, has a book called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And he was talking about how even in our personality um, is wired into our physiology and how certain personality types um, often are the way they are because their physiology actually supports that. So for example, if you are a more like optimistic, positive, upbeat risk taker, it's likely that if they did a test on you, you actually produce more serotonin. If you're a little bit more of an anxious fearful, cautious type of person, um, there's actually physiological proof that you probably have less serotonin in your body, which doesn't give you the ability to physically think and act the same way. And so like if we get down, and this is some of the stuff I think that Carolyn Leaf is also uh, pulling from the scientific and how to rewire some Mm -hmm. of that scientific part of how our brain is, um, how our brain works. But if you think of it from that place, then I don't think it's as much to be like, you know, the power of the secret, power of positive thinking. Like, you know, if you're a negative thinker or critical thinker, how do I become like somebody else? Well, if even your physiology is not supporting you walking that way, it's how does God want to use the way that you are wired, right? Mm, Like how does God, now there could be medical, you could need medical help too. There could be some other even physical and medical things that you know that one can pursue in that place but I just think it's important to acknowledge that because I think sometimes we can almost talk about it like like just do it like just stop thinking that way like just stop Mm. that and like what if you're a person that's literally like like I I can't can't, how I can't turn that I can't how do I stop that how do I stop that but it isn't as much like stop it but it is can you let that come under the submission of Christ. Like, can you allow Christ to renew that? Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Rather than just like, stop it. You know what it almost is like, even as you're saying that, like when I think critical thinkers, they think much more, and that's, you actually need critical thinkers in the world. Because they think people. of everything that could go wrong, they think that, like exactly. if you do this. However, I wonder if it's also about not just stop it, but how can this be fruitful? Like, where's the fruitfulness? Like, if this is leading down, no fruit. But if it can be used in a fruitful way to build up the body of Christ in the way that God's designed you to be, that's so necessary. Not like become more like that person, become more like you're saying, that stereotype of that this is what a positive thinker looks like and this is what they do. No, how has God wired you and how can you be fruitful? So the mind is to be, to bring fruitfulness, like to our spirit. It's That's what it's for. But I love that you talked about the physical side because we are spirit, soul, mind, and body. All of that works together and it all is connected. So there are physical elements that we have to address if you're not sleeping, exercising, eating. There's a lot of things that can happen like medical, 
the mind, all of those things working together. But I love how you address that, Laura, because I think it's important recognizing how God has made us, allowing the Lord to go there and say, okay, God, how do I practically walk this out in a way that's fruitful to those around me to bring life? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, as we wrap up this podcast today, I love this conversation. I think that was so, so great. Um, We want to leave you with a little exercise, just something to think about. And actually, we're going to do this too. I've never done this exercise before, but we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to actually put this into practice. So this week, what we want you to do is keep an intentional journal, an inventory of everything that comes to your mind that is either negative, is ungodly, that is, you just know is just not God's best for you. So thoughts about yourself, thoughts about other people, thoughts about your circumstances, anything that is not life-giving, that is just like drawing something from you or even empowering you in the wrong way because <laughs> sometimes it's not always negative things sometimes it's it but it is feeding a place inside of us that we we know is not uh, from the Lord. So keep a journal, maybe put a note on your phone. um, And every time, try to be intentional about every time that's a thought, a thinking process um, about any kind of scenario, yourself, others, a circumstance comes up, just write it down and list it and make a list of all of these thinking patterns, all of these thoughts, all of these things that come to your mind. I mean, even the ones you're embarrassed of and even the ones you don't want to acknowledge. And if you want to take it to a whole other level, <laughs> you can share your note with a friend <laughs> yeah. and you can let them into some of these yeah. spaces of like, Hey, what are the thoughts that are running through your mind? What are the negative thoughts towards other people? What are the judgments? What are the criticisms? What are the self, ne- you know, ne- um, negative self-talk, negative criticism that you have about yourself? Where are you really hard on yourself unnecessarily? And then Once you've made a list, take about a week, take two weeks, as long as you want to do it. When you feel like you've got like a good list there, take some time and actually put a scripture, put, ask God, what is your truth about this thought? And actually start to let God bring a renewal of the mind, a renewal to some of these thoughts. And then just pray and ask God to help you to renew those thoughts under the submission of Christ and who God says you are. Because again, if what we believe is going to lead to who we are, then we want what we believe about ourselves and about God to align to the word of God. So that's your exercise for this week. Do you have any comments on it? No, excellent. Love that. Love that. All right. Well, as we leave you today, we pray God's best over you. We pray as you go into this exercise that the Holy Spirit would actually lead and guide you and bring up even maybe things you're not even aware, thinking patterns you're not even aware of, comparisons, you know, things you're not even conscious of. We pray that God would bring to light for the purpose of renewal, for the purpose of healing. And as we leave today, I want to remind you of the word that the Lord has given us this year that you have wandered around this mountain long enough. There are things in your life that God actually wants to help you to turn from, turn northward, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, trust him. He has such good in store for you. And as you come to the Father's table, as he is guiding and directing you, linger know him and be known by him he wants to reveal himself to you so may you feel the faithful love of god 
surrounding you that he desperately wants this for you, that even more for you than you even want it for yourself. He cannot wait to reveal to you his heart. And so know that you're loved and seen by God and he has, a, he has so much in store for you. So God bless you today.